Welcome everyone, it's Wednesday, hump day. Let's get through the week with another episode of Max Sports. Remember, coming out Monday through Friday, so that's five days a week. We're starting off our hump day, let's get you through your day. I'm starting off with a story. Why do I do that? Well, every sports fan has just a memorable moment that made them fall in love with the game. So I'm going to share one of my favorite moments to start. That'll be part one today. Part two, I just kind of want to do a brief statement about the current state of Max Sports. More of a question, not a concern. Then I'll be talking about some of the bigger stories that have happened today. Not a ton. That's why we're doing a story first. If you don't like that and you just want to hear me read the news to you, you can scroll right on to part two. With that being said, though, we're getting into the episode today. Let's enjoy So, our story begins. Like I said earlier, every sports fan, whether it's football, soccer, badminton, whatever, chess, every sports fan or athlete that has ever played a game has fallen in love with it for a reason. One of the reasons that I have fallen in love with football, watching my Detroit Lions, is my first Detroit Lions game. Now, you might be asking yourself real quick, before we get the before we get started, why why are you sharing this with me? I don't care. Well, I think it's fun to connect with other fans. Every fan has a story that excites them, and this is one that excites me. And at the end of the day, it's fun to go back and look on things that make you happy. Even when you're stressed out, even when it's been a long day, sometimes it's good to, you know, bring you back to the thing that made you fall in love with something to begin with. I talk about sports a lot, and there's sometimes where I'm half awake trying to talk about a mock draft or who got traded where. And this is just kind of bringing it back to the basics, why I love sports, okay? And honestly, just talking to a microphone like this is also a lot cheaper than therapy. So just sharing the things that I like in life, that it's, it's cheaper, and it's better. So with that being said, we'll start our episode. So 2013, I had been a Lions fan for a couple years now. I'm 12 years old, just turning 13. The big one, three, you're a teenager now. You're no longer 12. You're not a little child. You're a man. You're 13. And I just turned the big 13, even though I looked seven and a half And everyone thought that me and my brother, who I'm three years older than, were identical twins. It absolutely ate at me every single day. And I always felt like I was way more mature and older. And even though I looked like a little baby child, uh, smarter, whatever the case is. But it was my birthday, and I got to go to my first Lions game. I remember everything about it. I remember the quarterbacks. I remember where we're at. Obviously, it's Ford Field. You go to Detroit. I didn't go to Detroit a lot as a kid there. I've gone more over the last couple of years to see some Piston games, Tiger games. And I had seen Tiger games in the past, but there's nothing like going to an NFL stadium when it's sold out early in the season. This was the first game of the year. So no matter what the expectations are for a team, every single stadium is usually sold out week one. People are craving football. They want to see it happen. Again, at the time, this is 2013, so you got big names on the team. Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson, one of the biggest dynamic duos in the sport. I thought this was going to be a year they were going to break out and become superstars. 
ended up not really being the case. They really only finished seven and nine, which was most Lions seasons, unfortunately, with them. But that wasn't the case today. We started a new season. How do we start it off right? We do it by being undefeated. So game starts. We get in our seats. Pretty good. I think we were in the inner bowl last I checked, and it was right by the entrance. So you walk in, you find your seats, and we're kind of sitting in this corner of the inner bowl watching the game. The game starts. Lions get the ball, go down the field for a little bit, turnover on downs. Crap. Well, there was one big name that was on the Minnesota Vikings. Christian Ponder, five-time Super Bowl cha- No, I'm kidding. Christian Ponder was the quarterback. Um, if you don't know what that, who that is or what the name, what, Christian Ponder, who's that? Exactly. Flaked immediately out of the league. I don't believe he was even a starter two years after this game. Christian Ponder was a young quarterback at the time that absolutely flunked out of the league. But he was the starter today. And uh, the real name that we were worried about as a Lions fan was Adrian Peterson. This was prime AP. And my goodness, I learned why you fear Adrian Peterson if you're a Lions fan on the first damn play of the game when the Vikings got the ball. So, yep, we fiddle around, turn the ball over. I'm getting a little frustrated about it. But it's my first Lions experience live, okay? I haven't seen a live Lionsing in my life. I haven't seen my team meltdown in real life yet. I didn't think it was possible. No, not when you're there. You're a kid and you're supposed to have fun. Well, that fun immediately hurt. It felt like someone kicked me where no guy wants to be kicked. Then they kicked me in the stomach. Then they kicked me in the teeth. Then they kicked me in the nose. What happened there? What happened, Max? Well, on the first damn play, the Vikings got the ball. Adrian Peterson goes 80 yards for a touchdown. First effing play. And I I was like shocked. I was like, you got to be kidding me, right? One play. I, I think he was untouched. It wasn't like he made a bunch of crazy maneuvers. It was like you didn't even show up. It's like they didn't even have him on the scouting report. Who's that guy? Oh, only the guy who's going to lead the the league in rushing a couple times. So, yeah, he absolutely torched us for 78 yards the first play of the game. And I remember this so, so vividly. As soon as he runs in the end zone and the few Viking fans are there that are starting to cheer like, yeah, woo. There are some Lion fans that get up in front of us and go, well, that's the game. And they walk away. One. That made it a lot more enjoyable for me to see as a kid. I had to stand up the whole time to try and see the field. Now there was a clear passage and a clear, easy way to see the whole game happening. But the thing that sucked about it, though, is it felt like that was like like it was almost over. Like we already lost. And you just kind of have that mindset where it's like, oh, this is what it's like being a Lions fan. You just felt it there. And anyone else who's been a Lions fan has felt that feeling before, too. Or maybe a Browns fan or a Cardinals fan. You know, those, those teams that always seem to struggle a little bit. But that was my case there. Adrian Peterson, touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Like, all hope is taken away. Well, first couple quarters go by. We get a couple field goals. We move some stuff around. Our defense gets a couple stops. But we're not really doing much to, to score. Minnesota's kind of running away with this game for a while. Bottom line, though, is the Lions get some scores. They get a couple field goals, and they score a touchdown. Before half, we're up. We're up on the Vikings, despite the crazy Adrian Peterson start. 
as I keep going, it's a pretty close match going back and forth. Very fun experience for me as a kid. I had moments where I go, oh, damn. And I had moments where I'm jumping out of my seat for joy. It was my first real football game. And the greatest thing about it was that the Lions won. Late in the game, they score a touchdown. Then they get an interception to win the game. It was amazing. I was so happy that we won the game. Honestly, it it made me want to – it got me addicted. It made me want to watch every game. I watched every Lions football game that year. The – all of them, even the ones that were heartbreaking, the one like when we lost five straight to miss out on the playoffs when we were seven and five at one point in the year. Some of those losses by two or three points in overtime. <laughs> you can hear the depression leaking out as I said that. But yeah, I got addicted. I watch every Lions football game every single year. If it is possible, unless obviously something big comes up. But I am a diehard Lions fan. They got me addicted to it. I've been to two or three other games since then. I had some pretty good luck. They lost last time I went. I went to their season opener in 2021. And uh, they got the doors blown off of them by uh, San Fran. But at the end of the day, I am addicted. I would love to go see a Lions game next year. I'm really excited because I think... That childlike feeling that I got from watching that first game, seeing the magic, seeing a big, you know, a big football game. It sounds dumb, but being at the stadium, feeling the crowd, hearing the roar when something big happens, it is so much better than just watching it on TV. And I felt that as a kid, and I'm starting to feel that now again after the last couple weeks of the season where they were winning big games and we beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau field. It just gets you excited. I haven't been this excited for a lions game probably in my life. I haven't been so excited for a season. The hopes, the expectations are high and more than anything, I would hope that they can meet them, but it's the reason why I love football. Just being able to experience it in real life as a kid See the disappointment, you know, but it just kind of felt magic that despite the terrible start, those li my Lions were able to turn it around and win a game, start off their season undefeated in my first ever appearance week one. So I will say that was probably a moment I got hooked to football. I love watching football. What is your favorite moment? Do you have a moment like this? Your first time going to a game, maybe you got to see a Super Bowl. Maybe you got to see a college football playoff. Maybe you got to play in a game. Maybe you got to meet a player. Whatever the case is, I would love to know about it. I would really love to know about it. I love talking football with people, talking sports with people. What is a moment that got you sucked into following a team that you follow today? It could be anything. I'm asking you, high school, college professional sports, whatever the sport is, what got you hooked into it? Tell me what your thought is. I love talking about stories like that. I might do another one if you guys like it a lot. It, it made me feel pretty good about myself doing that. So I'd love to do more stories. Tell me if you're interested. With that being said, though, we're going to move on to our next segment. See you soon. So the big story today comes out of Green Bay. Jordan Love has been extended for one year on his contract. Now, this might 
scratch a couple heads here. What does that mean? Why only a year? Why would you extend him if you haven't seen him play yet? So I'm answering all your questions for you. To start things off, we really don't know what's under the hood with Jordan Love yet. We've seen him play as a backup. We've seen him play in blowout games. But we haven't seen Jordan Love start an entire season with the Green Bay Packers yet. So kicking the can down the road another year saves the Packers from committing to him long term without really knowing how he is going to be as a starter yet. I think this is a smart move for Green Bay due to the fact that I wouldn't want to give a large contract to a guy that you've already paid a rookie contract out to and have yet to see him start in a legit game with real things on the line, like playoffs, divisions, elimination games. You haven't seen any of that. Usually he hasn't even ran with the first team out on the field. I've seen him, Jordan Love, play in games where the Packers have clinched playoff spots, and so they just throw him in with some backups and rest their starters, but I have yet to see a ton of Jordan Love yet. Now, some Packers fans might be happy about it. I think it's a good move. Um, ESPN's Marcus Spears said that everyone in Green Bay is rooting for Jordan Love. Thank you, Marcus, for that really deep, well-thought insight. I thought they hated him last I checked. Or maybe they're just, it's, <laughs> look, come on now. Uh, how much thinking did it take to come up with that idea? Did you know that um, the Patriots liked Tom Brady? And did you know that um, they like it when he wins? They're rooting for him. Did you know that? Sorry. Just love that amazing personality there. I would love to be paid what Marcus Spears has paid just to say, this team is cheering for him and wants him to succeed. Yes, that's the that's the whole point of being a fan of a team. Come on now. Anyway, mini rant aside, Jordan Love's extension eases pressure. They get to see if he's the real deal. If so, they get two years of him now instead of one. On top of it, if he stinks, now they can move on from him and have at least a quarterback on the ros roster while they find his replacement. If he's good, though, then you have him cheap for two years and you feel more comfortable about giving him the long-term mega deal or whatever you want to call it. If Jordan Love balls out and plays like a all-pro quarterback out of nowhere and is an MVP candidate, I hope not as a Lions fan, I think that they would have no, no worries giving him the super mega deal. But I don't think they want to do that until they have seen him do that. So it makes sense extending him now kicking the can down the road and seeing what they have before they sign them to a long-term deal. What do you think about it? I think it's a smart move. I think this is what good organizations do. I'm talking to you, Baltimore, instead of doing mean tweets and talking to the media instead of the actual guy and kicking the can down the road, but in a way that isolates teammates and it, it – the greatest way of saying it is the Ravens handled Lamar Jackson's contract like an average Jersey Shore episode. So I'm much happier with the way the Packers handled it. And I think they also want to avoid the Aaron Rodgers effect of what happened last time. They did contract negotiations with the quarterback. With that being said, though, that is the big news with the Green Bay Packers. What do you guys think about it? Are you excited to see Jordan Love play for the Packers? Honestly, I think that... I know a lot of people don't believe in Green Bay. I think he'll actually be a very solid fit with the team. I think they'll, I don't know if they're going to be amazing, but I think they'll be a solid 500 ball club. So that's it with football and contract talk today. 
I did want to share one thing that I thought about in the NBA out of all things. So, yep, if it's NBA and you're mainly a football guy, sorry, that's where our episode will end today. But if you want to hear some talk about basketball and when it comes to one of the biggest rivalries, I think, in basketball right now, LeBron and Curry. So the first game has just ended tonight. The Lakers steal one on the road and defeated the Golden State Warriors. I wanted to say something as well. When I was a kid, not a kid, but middle school, high school, LeBron and the Cavs and Curry and the Warriors were like the biggest rivalry that I just got so sick and tired of. It felt like every single year it was going to be LeBron's Cavs and Curry's Warriors and it was going to be the finals and the Warriors were going to be unstoppable and they weren't fun to watch because they always won and you hated them. And you hated LeBron, though, so you didn't like either team because you didn't want to see the Warriors always win, but you didn't want to see LeBron always win because he always gets talked about. Bottom line, though, is they are now in the twilight zone. They're getting older. They're on their way out. Curry is 35. Yes, he still has a baby face. He is 35. I know he's trying to hide the baby face with a beard now. but And then you got LeBron, who somehow is still chugging along at like 38 or 39 now, with the Lakers still playing as one of the most elite players in basketball. And I really thought about it, and a rivalry that once drove me nuts could be coming to an end in this seven-game series. To start things off, one, I think it builds the winner of this series. I think it sets them up well to win the West. I think you either have to beat a injured, mediocre Suns team or you have to beat a Denver Nuggets team where if you're L.A., you got Davis to match up with Jokic and nobody's going to be able to match up with LeBron. Or you got the dangerous attack of the Warriors offense with Curry and Clay and all these shooters that Jokic isn't going to be able to defend. So I like either team to honestly, the winner of this series, to probably advance and go to the finals. The thing about it, though, is this, is this the last time we're going to see LeBron and Curry play against each other in the playoffs? And who do you want to see win it? Both of them have legacies on the line. I think if you're LeBron, you win another ring, especially when people doubted you after last year. You win two rings with Los Angeles, two with Miami, and you won one with Cleveland. I don't think we can. And you're the leading scorer of all freaking time. When when are the Jordan stands and the Jordan fans going to realize that LeBron is the better player? He's accomplished as much or more. We can do the debate all day. You can put 1A, 1B. I'm not trying to get in the Jordan-LeBron debate. I'd, rather, I'd probably rather talk about, like, the mask wearing during the pandemic than I'd rather talk about <laughs> LeBron versus Jordan debates. That just always gets so toxic. But there is legacy on the line. And as for the Warriors, is their dynasty still going? I thought the dynasty, again, was kind of near the limelight there, almost on the way out last year, but they were able to win one more. That leaves four rings for Curry and four wing, rings for LeBron. If Curry wins a fifth ring with the Warriors, I think, again, similar to, to LeBron, there's legacy on the line, and I think that would make him not only the most accomplished, but I think probably the best point guard of all time as well. And again, we could debate this, but generational player, one of the greatest shooter of all time, two-time MVP, unanimous MVP, we could go all day about it. He's a guy that changed basketball. 
I'm sorry, before Stephen Curry, there was nobody that came across the court and you had to worry about them pulling up from half court as a real threat. Now there's players that build their offense around that. So Curry is a once-in-a-lifetime type player. And I just want to sit back, though, and while we can talk about legacy and debate all this, I just want you to know, if you're a basketball fan out there, watch the series. Watch this series. Watch two of the greatest basketball players ever to live that have changed the game in so many ways. Whether it's LeBron's dominant nature, but can still pass out and be a great playmaker, elevate a team up, or Curry with his amazing shooting ability. I mean, again, when he is on fire, he can take over games and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Watch the series and just enjoy some damn good basketball. Because I don't know the next time that you might see LeBron and Curry again in a playoff, in a playoff scenario, if that ever happens again. So take some time to enjoy it. Tell me what you think about it. I know we don't usually do basketball in here, but I felt like that's something that we needed to talk about. So with that being said, that is the end of our hump day episode of Max Sports. Yes, we had a little story. Yes, we had a little bit of uh, Jordan Love talk. And now we're doing some basketball. I want to end the show, though, with a little question. And I'll be putting this out on Facebook as well for those who didn't listen. Shame on you. But... What do you want to hear about in the NFL offseason? Yes, I can talk about power rankings and who should every team redraft? Who should we have redrafted? I don't want to do that, though. I want to come up with entertaining comment, uh, commentary. And I also don't want to just be a news reporter. Because I'm sorry, if I was a news reporter, I would be already out of business. Nobody would listen to me because I can't keep up with people like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport that are on Twitter all day. I can't. So, I bring you personality. I bring you informative thought. I try and bring you some detailed, researched ideas, or at least give you my gut feeling, which is usually correct. Even though my gut's a little bigger than I'd like, it's usually not wrong. So, what do you want to hear, though? Do you like the NBA talk like I brought you earlier? Do you want to hear some baseball? Do you want to hear some hockey? Let me know. I'm not not great with hockey, by the way. But... I'd love to talk sports. That's the thing that wakes me up in the morning, and that's the thing that I'd like to be doing the most. So what would you like to hear? I'll be making a post about it. If you want to hear something, and I'm saying anything, you want me to talk about badminton, you want me to talk about MMA, you want me to talk about WWE, I won't be doing that. But if you want to hear me talk about real sports, please feel free to message it. Put it in the comment section. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. So, with that being said, that is the end of our Hump Day episode. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Enjoy this episode. Hopefully, it gets you through your day a little bit better. Take care. Bye.